0: You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. I'm Harriet Williams. I'm
1: self-employed and work as an independent young parent consultant. I
0: have a daughter who will be nine next month. Welcome to the Mother of All Solutions. I'm joined by Harriet Williams who I met through a virtual online event um, through the Women's Equality Party. Um delighted to have Harriet or otherwise known as Harry to her social media following and to the mums that she works with and supports um, here on the podcast. Um, so we're going to talk to Harry a little bit about her career and where she's at with things Um she's got some really good insights about being a young parent and progressing a career in a structured way that as she has said I am um, on another podcast you are your value and that was something oh. that I, re- I really really um, warmed to and I think it'd be lovely to hear more from Harry on that and um, so to get started um, I'm going to ask uh, Harry to introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about who she is And what she's about from the motherhood aspect, but from her work aspect as well. So, Harry, welcome to the podcast. Uh,
1: Thanks for having me. So I am um, Harry. I have a daughter who will be nine uh, next month. And for work, I am an independent consultant. I work as a young parent consultant, um, offering my services in organisations in the UK regarding young parenthood. So those are parents, mums and dads under the age of 25.
0: Mm. and yeah sorry harry i'm just thinking through it's quite a big role to have so how did you get to be in that role because supporting young people becoming parents is that something that's your lived experience what got you to that
1: yeah so what got me to doing what i do now is the fact that i was a parent at 17 i got pregnant at 17 and although uh, like any other young person it wasn't my aim it wasn't like okay now i'm going to become Mm. a consultant and help other young mums it was because of the challenges that i faced because in the uk i'm classed as a minor Mm. um i i came across of i came across a lot of barriers in regards to education employment uh work um to be honest you name it i had issues Mm. regarding that um and then although i kind of got into the i i went into my career I went to university etc etc um looking back at the experiences of um the experience that I had I started to Mm. think of other young parents coming up behind me and how they would manage juggling that aspect of their life as well
0: and so you wanted to relate what you'd seen and experienced in the barriers and try and break some of that down for others in similar situations and see how that could I don't know how that could be better enabled for them is that correct is that where you were wanting to be and what you were wanting to do
1: yeah so initially I it didn't start off as a business it was just me um talking online and as you know I go under the name as Harry Mummy Harry online mm-hmm. so Instagram was Instagram and WordPress were the first two things I started off as just okay uh, kind of just saying, you know, talking about my woes as a young mom, I guess I'm yeah, talking yeah. about my child and education and what I'm up to um and then I had uh, um other young parents uh reaching out to me and asking me how oh how i like how have I done it um yeah. how have I managed to get to university um I went to university with a six week old baby that, oh um, my goodness, <laughs> how I managed to be pregnant you know heavily pregnant yeah. and doing my a levels and Managing to go to work while pregnant and also coming out of pregnancy and going to work, etc. So, I guess things that I may have kind of, I wouldn't say overlooked because it was a tough time for me. Yeah, yeah, I can
0: imagine. I guess
1: when you're kind of, like anyone, when you're kind of swimming through a tide, you're you're trying to just Mm. get to the end really. So, Mm. you're not really focusing on the issues of, oh, there's water in my there's water in my hair, it's too salty. You're just kind of like, I just want to get out of this water now and be happy with where I'm trying to to get to, which I guess was uh, what I did.
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you've got a really practical head on your shoulders. I don't know um, how you would feel about someone describing you as practical. Do you like that description or do you feel like Um, it's it's not a very good description?
1: I think it is a good uh, description, actually. If, if we was, if we were to compare it to someone that's uh, theoretical, then Mm. I would say I would, I would be more of a, okay, no point reading a book about it, go and do it kind of person. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: No, I think, yeah. So we need to, like, let's find out a bit more then, because there's a lot going on with what you've just told us, which is like, I want to know more about, and I'm sure the listeners want to know more about. So you had, had your baby when you were 18. Yes. And you were doing your A-levels at the time. Yes. Um. Did you, how much of a gap did you have? Did you have to pause and delay a year to finish your exams, or how how did that work? Or
1: no, I was just I, I got pregnant in my second year of A levels, and okay. I I I just continued because my parents said they would support me as long as I finished my education.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: I went on to finish my education, and um, it was a it was a bit of a what would I call it a not a juggle, but a, a bit of a I had to go through kind of negotiating i guess that the best word would be with okay. in regards to college tutors at the time, because some of them were supportive or yeah, helpful, yeah. and then unfortunately, as life goes, mm. you'll find that some people aren't supportive of things like that um yeah so the ones i i'm I'm thankful for the those ones that were supportive because yeah, to be yeah. honest, they were the catapult for where I am now although That's I don't amazing. know them I've never I've, I never saw them after that and they probably yeah. don't know this but it really made a difference compared to those what the, the other tutors that were mm. negative and not supportive not willing to give me extra time mm. not willing to extend my deadlines etc
0: yeah and so you managed to as you say negotiate some of that college stuff with The new baby and with your parents being involved and is that right both your parents were involved yeah both my parents were involved
1: in helping um yeah when I did my a-levels my daughter wasn't born yet um I guess uh quite helpfully she was born in August so yeah the school year is in October till yeah, August yeah. so it kind of
0: worked out really well so were you like heavily pregnant sat doing your exams were yeah you? I was heavily. Yeah. I
1: was more or less heavily pregnant throughout um, and
0: they're not very comfortable like college, college and school desks are they I'm thinking no. of you like sat with like your, your big no. bump like, yeah trying to, the, concentrate the desks weren't
1: your... comfortable and. The environment's just not set up for it. You had yeah. I was in a an FE college, so I had, to, you know, there was loads of stairs, there was loads of people. Oh, my goodness, yeah. There was lo- obviously loads of other mm. young people as well. Mm. Um, and it... Uh, my daughter happened to be born the year before... In 2012, a legislation came out that you can't... Um, you can't um, kick out any young person from school if they were to get pregnant or get someone pregnant if they're a man or boy. Yeah um but however my daughter wasn't born that my daughter was born just before that year so actually okay, so, that
0: year um okay so the college could have been harsher on your yeah, situation and looking
1: back i think that's why they were so harsh i don't think they mm. could get away although that being said i still hear from young people that unfortunately mm. they're not getting the best experience but they can't get mm. away with it because actually by okay. law you can't behave in the way they did when i was uh, pregnant in college
0: ah but well, it's interesting I've never I've never really thought it through to be honest so it's really fascinating to hear mm. and you're still hearing those experiences from yeah you still the young he- people you're working yeah, with yeah
1: still, I do mm. hear them unfortunately but I guess mm. at least now they can feel a bit more empowered to know actually you can go back mm. to that college and you can get show them the studies, education yeah. act and tell mm. them you, what you're doing is wrong yeah and there will be processes to for them to have to follow. While before yeah. there was no real process, so they were just doing what they wanted.
0: And you know, it's a vulnerable time becoming a parent, right? Regardless of age, like you know, you don't necessarily know what to expect, right? Your pregnancy doesn't necessarily go the way you think it might go, either from your perceptions of motherhood and pregnancy from what you see in the media. Or you, you've got, you know, it is a vulnerable time. Yeah, and if you're a younger person trying to finish studies as well. I can imagine it's quite an intense scenario to be in. So, um it's useful to know that there is some, at least, as you say, even if the reception isn't always ideal for young people, at least there's something clearly written out and clearly stated to kind of to help. Because I've heard you speak on another podcast, and I really like liked the way you talked about you knowing your value, and I mentioned that at the beginning, mm-hmm. and knowing how education was going to. Give you that value in your career as well you were kind of very clear in that regardless of becoming a mum or not you needed to complete those steps in order to have a future that you wanted to have um so do you want to say a little bit more then? progressing from finishing your a-levels so your your daughter was then born in the august you said yeah
1: she was born in yeah. august so i finished when those a-levels finished they finished around june i believe so they finished yeah, around june right, yeah um i also wrapped up with work so i was working as well i worked in a boutique at the time okay um and then it gave me a i guess about a month um and a bit i thought to kind of do what i needed to do to prepare mm. for her uh regrettably i had a really uh traumatic birth oh
0: dear okay. yeah
1: i had an emergency c-section so i was in hospital from july mm. all the way mm. until september
0: oh my goodness <laughs> harry um, so it, I'm sorry. It, it
1: really wasn't again it goes back to what you just mentioned though the kind yeah. of you can't plan you i don't i don't want to say you can't plan motherhood but you no, no, no. i don't know if you, you can completely plan it um <laughs> to be honest because you know they give you the due dates and all that kind of thing but uh, yeah you know baby baby like when babies come and what actually might actually happen on the ground is a whole different ball game yeah yeah
0: completely yeah so you had this intense experience in the hospital and were you quite well supported? obviously it sounds like your parents are supportive were you quite well supported within that sort of early stage with the new infant like your physical health your mental health the baby's health would you did you feel like quite supported in that even though it wasn't a nice process you said you Mm. were emergency c-section and issues around that did you have a kind of good start with your your child did that kind of flow
1: so Yes, I felt supported. I was supported throughout um, the time I had my daughter and um, before that point. Um, Mm. But I guess it was just generally a really hard time for me mentally, Mm. um, just being a young person.
2: Mm. And
1: actually, I I think looking back now, I think I was going through some sort of depression during my pregnancy and Mm. those times after. But I think because of the fact that I was so young and I didn't really mm. know what was happening or who you're supposed to talk to I just didn't say anything
2: mm. um
1: but going into the work that I do now and talking to other parents and really feeling like I know a little a lot more than I did uh, then yeah. um I all the symptoms and all the conditions and everything that I've read I'm like that was exactly how I felt that's exactly yeah, yeah, uh,
2: yeah.
1: what I was doing because I don't think I felt um, because of the fact that the birth was so traumatic as well, I think mm. it was took me maybe until my daughter was maybe six to eight months before I could feel connected. It just felt like
2: yeah,
1: yeah. a human that I had to look after, and it just felt mm. like a it just felt like a dependency, and it felt like everything that people spoke about regarding young parenthood. Yeah, yeah. And on top of and because of that, I felt like I couldn't say anything because it felt like everything people had already told me it was going to be
0: yeah 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 and yeah so you've got that extra pressure of not wanting people to go oh well we we thought it would be like that Mm, you know like mm. yeah and actually the the reality is it's like that for a lot of mums and parents in general isn't it you know it's not specifically down to necessarily your age although obviously I'm sure there's some specific issues but you know lots of mums don't feel great after either traumatic births or connecting with kids as they're tiny and like <laughs> um either problems with like feeding or I listened to a podcast the other day, an American podcast, and you know, the lady was saying she'd had like childbirth injuries but she couldn't get the right help for it, but being because it was like a female health thing, the support wasn't there and you know, like lots of women are going through stuff and it's it's a shame that you weren't able to necessarily vocalize it in a way that maybe you're helping young people now sort of yeah exactly manage so you had you had your little your little daughter you'd finished your a levels what what were you then thinking about in terms of studies and next steps or were you not thinking about that at that point were you very much like this is my daughter that i'm with and we'll see what happens next so
1: i when i did my a levels yeah the whole purpose was for me to go to uni in Mm. september so i had applied i did the ucas application etc to go to where i wanted to go yeah um, I guess one of the the first hurdle was the fact that I was still in hospital when yeah, yeah. induction and all that sort of thing was happening, so yeah, that already was quite stressful for me because I, I would mm. just wanted to kind of at least prepare myself for what i want I thought I wanted to do mm. um and and yeah so that was the first barrier and then the second barrier was the fact that um, when you finish your A-levels you need to physically take I don't know if they still do this it seems so like bizarre now but you have Mm. to physically take your certificates to your the institution
0: oh my goodness
1: um <laughs>
0: there's so many of these like archaic processes yeah it, isn't it? It's like, like you know... <laughs> thinking
1: about it now like now that also now that we're in lockdown you just think yeah, to yourself yeah. why do they do these things isn't that an obstacle to to get people yeah. to develop their self
0: i think i can understand like you physically have to show passports and visas and things mm, like that yeah that, that like stage in, yeah because like, it's like to see but like a certificate right it's like a printed from whichever governing examination body you know they could have an electronic record that could be
1: yeah sent. anyhow um
0: <laughs> we'll crack that system another time yeah <laughs> so
1: i don't know what they'll do in that year but i think some of them had sent some of the it was a it was a particular institution or a particular mm. um board, uh, board that hadn't sent my certificate i think okay. some of some had and some hadn't so that delayed everything because it meant that the university that I wanted to go to, I was declined. I didn't get my offer. I didn't get my place. Okay. Um, so while I was in hospital, I had to start thinking of clearing and. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Deciding on a a course that I guess I didn't necessarily want to do because that's not okay. what I applied for.
0: So what did you end up doing, Harry? What so I ended
1: up applying for to do youth studies in uh, Metropolitan University okay um and again not knocking anyone that went there or did that there but that wasn't really my plan Um, okay yeah but so i i because i went through clearing and i was accepted through to that institution Mm -hmm. um they happened to start in october so So, it's a bit later a little bit later Mm. so i came out in in yeah more or less september so I then decided that actually, I think I will continue with my education and go yeah. straight to university. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, my parents were really supportive, like I said, yeah. and looked after the baby while I was um, in university. And again, okay. you know, with university, when you actually start, you're not there every single day anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose it depends on the subject, right? So. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I wasn't yeah I wasn't becoming a doctor not that smart so yeah with the course I was doing you yeah. didn't have to be there every day <laughs> you
0: know yeah I think it's it's funny isn't it like I've chatted to friends of mine who've done like I mean I studied architecture so not mm-hmm. as serious as being a doctor right well it, it is it is It, true. it is quite serious um, yeah But like we had to be in the studio every day because mm. there was a lot of things just like happened in terms of like the teamwork and you know yeah, there's a lot yeah. of kind of projects together and like working with your your kind of student groups and also like a lecture program was condensed into a day so we were very like aware of each other as a course but where, mm-hmm. you know when I've talked to other people who do other types of subjects it's like I didn't really see many of my course mates. you know we yeah. had like our lecture program but a lot of it was independent study you know you could be in the library you could be at home you would go in for tutorials so it sounds like you had a bit more of that kind of flexibility of
1: yeah again,
0: being on yeah.
1: campus or yeah yeah so yeah I the, mm. yeah there wasn't a lot of so it was all about independent studies which I had mm. to buckle down with because although I went to university with no baby I obviously came home to a baby so <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah
0: and were you up in the night with the baby as well yeah you going, yeah
1: because yeah, yeah. um my again you know babies will do what they want my of plan course. was for <sighs> her to start being formula fed a little bit yeah um not formula fed sorry uh bottle fed because i was pumping and i i thought okay you just i saw it you know you've seen it in the movie oh it looks so easy right you pump and then you give them the bottle and then they get on with it and she just refused to take it from the bottle like even you know my parents tried to put like one of my clothes on them to kind of get the scent and Mm. she just refused to take it so um, she knew her own mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. So yeah, it, it it just it yeah, there was an added pressure because my, uh, again, like bless my parents, they did come to uni uni during lunchtime or during oh my like my break, so I could breastfeed. They are awesome, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I could breastfeed, and um also like relieve myself because obviously you know yeah. I'm I don't know well you may know how
0: that feels. Yeah, as well. no, it's not comfortable. Um, yeah and, and regardless of whether you're breastfeeding you're pumping or you're using formula whatever process you're in it's still time consuming right it's yeah not yeah like yeah. just a
1: exactly a yeah. quick
0: fix is it like yeah um and the baby sometimes gets distracted so you think oh i've got this window of 15 minutes but that not might not be the baby's window of 15 minutes yeah. right and then you're like <laughs> um Yeah. wow well, well, between you all it sounds like quite an operation right this like kind of you your parents the baby together mm. um university so how long was that degree then it was that a three-year degree you yeah did? that was a
1: three-year degree mm. um my first year was really putting my head down because my plan was to get the credits to transfer to the university i wanted to go to ah okay that was the plan that was the plan and mm. i succeeded with that plan so by my second year i transferred to middlesex university to do a criminology mm-hmm. degree which is oh, what wow. i actually wanted to do yeah, yeah um and then two years on from that university i
0: graduated with your criminology degree with my
1: criminology degree so it's criminology youth justice so it was like a it was even better like yeah, I would say it was even better than what I was yeah. wanted to do in the first place, because it gave me a little bit of theory on young people issues as well, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: which I guess has been useful, the route I've gone down, which it, I didn't know it was a route I'd go down, yeah. um, and obviously the criminology that I wanted to do, because initially I thought I wanted to go down more the criminal justice system route okay. when I when I was in my career.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not I'm sounding blank it's because I don't un- know anything about that profession it's so yeah. bad isn't it tell me more about that like what are your options like what um this is what I love about the podcast I'm getting to speak to people like <laughs> who do so many different things right so like I would never have thought to study criminology I probably wouldn't I probably still don't really understand what it is so tell me more about like what's the best thing about it
1: <laughs> um I one the thing I really and the, one the reason why I really wanted to go to Middlesex and I really enjoyed studying there was because every all the lecturers were actually people in the field, so okay. they weren't just. Although of course you have to do things that were you know dated from you know the sixteen hundreds etc. But it, there was also people that they actually worked in prisons. They wrote this paper because they've actually seen. You know, young crime. They've actually, and that made it so exciting yeah, to yeah, yeah. actually see people that were so passionate about what they're talking about, mm. as opposed to just talking at you about things you have to do for your assignment, and they're just like mm. taking a taking a historic case studies.
0: Um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, but generally, criminology is just about um, people. Yeah, yeah people okay. understanding of people because because it's a it's a combination of sociology, psychology, and law.
0: Okay, so it sounds like what you're doing now is obviously moved away from that and your consultancy and your kind of work, but it's got a lot of threads, right? Yeah, Thinking definitely. Back, yeah,
1: definitely. It has a lot of... Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, transfer, things that I've transferred from yeah. that degree and also working in that field as well.
0: Yeah. So you, you've graduated now. So she about three then when you graduated?
1: Yeah, she was about three. Yeah, she
0: yeah. was about three. And she's coming up to nine now. So...
1: Yeah.
0: T- give us the kind of the whistle stop of those 6 years between graduation and where you're at now what were the different job um, highlights and phases because i think i've heard you talk about you've worked full time you've worked part time mm-hmm. yeah you've done lots of different types of yeah work yeah
1: so i worked i worked part time when i was doing my a levels um and then i went on maternity leave from that um um sales assistant job that I mm-hmm. did I obviously had no experience so that was the only job that I could do but they did pay yeah. really well it was like a high-end boutique yeah, yeah.
0: um
1: and yeah good and good did they m-
0: give you maternity pay as well yeah the they you gave so, you yeah.
1: maternity pay etc um good, yeah. I, I I must admit wasn't the, the best place to work yeah. <laughs> but I think most people would say that about their first job. But imagine having your first job and also being a young pregnant person that haven't told your employers that you're, you're you're pregnant and you knew you were yeah. as well. <laughs> but I just didn't at the time. I don't know. You know, even yeah. hearing about maternity leave and you know maternity discrimination. Now I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not telling. I'm not telling anyone not to do it. But I think yeah, yeah. you know, telling your employers that you're pregnant. It doesn't sound. People aren't open to those conversations still in 2020.
0: It's it's really hard and it depends loads on like how long you've been in the job what type Mm. of contract you're on in that Mm. job how well you know your boss yeah Yeah. what's going on in the unit and obviously now I mean as you mentioned like pregnancy maternity discrimination like in times of stress like we've had during the pandemic that all like escalates you know all that underlying stuff is just Mm. risen to the surface so sorry that's me
2: Going yeah. off on a bit of a tangent yeah. but
0: it's interesting to know like you'd been you'd been a work worker right before you became a mum so you had experience of work even if as you say it wasn't necessarily your ideal job it was still like a grounding for understanding yeah. work before yeah. you then became a mum and finished your studies yeah
1: yeah uh and then yeah did my three years of um my three years while I was doing my three years I also started doing a bit of work and that was that was, I don't know if you would even call it part-time, because it was just like working one day a week in certain organisations that I were in- interested in. Um, so that's when I started doing work as a family support worker. Um, uh, I've worked with adults with drugs and alcohol dependencies. Okay. Um, I've worked with women in prison. Yeah. Um, And that was a good, that gave me, I'm happy that I did it that way, although mm. it gave me a lot more to do alongside having mm. the baby and everything else. Yeah, I bet. But it was good insight to actually decide what I wanted to do when I eventually mm. graduated. Mm. Um, and then when I graduated, I thought that I I think I thought that my particular interest was definitely the young people. So mm. I went into youth engagement mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: so that in that role I worked full time. Um, I did that and I realized I, I, I started to think, I don't know if I particularly like the young people um (laughs) sorry sorry. (laughs) yeah just thought i don't know if i particularly like the young people um because sorry i think it was just because of the fact that it 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 just their 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 perception of of uh being young is very different to obviously how mine was and how many young parents um life decisions had to be because you had a baby um which is fine because that's I'm happy for young people to obviously live their life. I'm not saying they have <laughs> yeah, to struggle yeah. and, you know, they have to have a hard time, etc. So, you uh, know, it's great to be young. Yeah, so then I moved. So I, I was there for about a year and that's kind of how that went. But when, alongside um, being there in a year, that's when I also started doing the things online as well. That's when Mummy Harry okay. kind of started. And I guess, I don't know if I, maybe looking back, I don't know if it was because I didn't feel like the young people were like, you know, kind of passionate about anything.
2: Mm, okay. um,
1: but perhaps there was something there because that was when I started really showcasing or saying stuff online about my experiences.
0: Okay. Um, and were you blogging at that point? Or yeah. So that, I was writing. Yeah.
1: I was writing a few blogs and I was just sharing like a few kind of pictures and images of, of things that I do as a mom and stuff like that. Mm. And then I had you know some young moms and dads uh, reach out to me. Uh, but then alongside that also started having organizations reach out to me and ask me okay. if I could be a speaker yeah. um, but again it wasn't supposed to be I still had my eyes set on like going up the career ladder so for yeah, me it was yeah, a bit yeah. of a like a hobby yeah, that yeah,
0: yeah I might okay. speak
1: speak once every couple of months and, yeah, that, and you that's... just wanted to
0: share your experiences at yeah, that point right exactly. it was kind of like a I've had a situation that i think needs a story to be told around it you weren't necessarily like as you've said kind of building a career your career was your other work right at the time yeah 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 yeah. Mm.
1: um so then i moved from youth engagement to community engagement Mm. um because i thought that would be of more interest to me to actually work with people of all ages in the community yeah um and that was a role I enjoyed. Um, at that time, I moved from full-time to part-time work. Okay. So I was only working three days a week. Um, and I was also getting a lot more speaking opportunities as well. And I started getting more interested in the report side and the research side, etc. as well. Yeah. So I started to think um, that I would I would be able to juggle this part-time job alongside the business mm. or what was looking like a business I Mm. say um but I guess as that role continued um it didn't it didn't feel like less work it just felt like more work okay I actually just felt like I was working like if there was 20 days in a week that's how many days I actually felt like I was working
0: (laughs) yeah and when you're starting something it's intense right because it's like you're putting your own heart and soul on the plate with it and you're just kind of trying to yeah I can imagine Mm-hmm. Um, so that role that that contract
1: um came to an end, and then I moved into a another role, which was also part time. Um, I was working with students, um, in Imperial College. Okay. Um, and again, and that was around democracy and around them um speaking up for things that they believed in. I guess from a student perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, I was still, but at this point, I think I was a bit more it was kind of, I guess, a bit of more of an exit role. Like, okay,
2: mm.
1: I I have this contract for a certain amount of years and actually mm. once I've finished this, I plan to not continue with uh, working anymore. I want to actually get... I actually want to work for
0: myself. Yeah, you were still building up this um business idea and...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that kind of engagements around that were still coming in and you were yeah, still getting yeah. interest. And, mm. So
1: that was kind of good because in some way um yeah I obviously had money coming in from an actual role but then I could I started building up my portfolio so I had a few clients that I've worked with and working with Mm. etc in my own time and then I had the social media side as well which just boosted up uh what I was doing etc as well
0: Mm. um and it it is a lot to juggle like I mean that's because so she's what about four at this point or is she older than that at this point she is about um oh she'd what? be older than that no no right, she's older she? she's about six now about six okay so yeah so you're juggling like her starting school and like obviously school uh, even though you're only working part-time it's still like school hours don't always match with work hours and yeah like, yeah so sort of trying to juggle her needs and everything going on with her as well as the role that you're paid you're a paid employment and then you're sort of Online presence and your—it's yeah. a lot to yeah. like manage, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot to manage. Yeah, yeah. She
1: she obviously was um in um after school club mm. and being dropped really early as well. um And then on my days off, I was just really tired as well. So to be honest, there was a point when she was in after school club every day, even though mm. even on the days when I was doing my self employment stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you just need, so I like, could get around. Time. Yeah, mm. get around
1: to doing what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, but I guess eventually it just, it just kind of felt like it wasn't really working for me. Um, mm. particularly as she was going into junior school. Okay. It felt like I, it just felt like she was also going through a different time in her, her life as well. The kind yeah, of infants, yeah. good times where they don't really need to do much and mm. all that kind of stuff. It, it, it just felt like there was a lot more, there's a lot more questions. There was a lot more going on with herself. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like I had the capacity to get around to it or feel like I'm really there for it, yeah,
0: no, uh, I remember like listening to you, as I've said, I've listened to you on a few things, and you said like that change between like your little girl to like becoming a six year old girl yeah. and my daughter's now six, so I was like my like <laughs> listening was like, oh, I'm tuning in for some advice here because it is it's like they're they're quite like they're growing up quick, right yeah At age they grow six up really I mean quick. it's like,
1: ooh, and it's like the the leap is I know obviously. It's so strange because when you watch them crawling to walk in, it seems like, "Wow, that's the biggest milestone they're ever going to do, yeah but yeah, actually, yeah. when they turn from around six, depending on mm-hmm. how your child is to about seven yeah or five six to and six, and a six half, sometimes yeah. they're there it's like mm. they they just they, it's like girls well I, I can I can talk for a lot of girls, children, yeah. they seem to just really jump really yeah huge yeah.
0: huge milestones yeah and you mentioned like those dynamics with friendship things that you're trying to help them navigate as well as well as educational stuff that kind of moves up a pace and you know like other things that are going on so so I just felt
1: yeah and I I guess from the beginning I wasn't completely there anywhere. I wasn't the mum in the playground picking up the child but I felt Mm. there was more of a presence that I needed to have in the school and her education at this point because there was Mm. a lot more I felt was going on at school compared okay. to uh the other wet years of like you know learning through play and I'm yeah. all I'm all down for that but now yeah. you're kind of uh, now I'm getting her ready for eventually year 6 and then secondary yeah. school
0: I oh, know. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so sorry I'm I'm just starting to think about all of that I and mean, yeah that's a bit overwhelming right it, yeah it is it is <laughs> so jumping back to you right well park secondary school that's too much for my little brain to manage (laughs) um so you as a consultant that's been working for then how long now you as officially that like this is your job your business is your soul
1: so officially that's
0: been about
1: um so i officially went self-employed about a year and a half ago okay and tell um, me a bit how's
0: that been all going is that feeling really good do you feel like really empowered with it and like in control of
1: the? yeah i felt back- i felt personally really free okay um, when i started doing things that were f- mm. for me because yeah. um i don't think i was on top of one like for example the finance side, because I was doing it alongside work,
2: yeah, I, I yeah.
1: was I I turned it more into like a a part yeah a hub a hobby when mm. I, I did and I didn't I didn't take my financial side and mm. actually what I should expect from clients seriously because yeah, yeah. I, the way I kind of saw it was oh well I have my I actually have my day job so it doesn't mm. really matter but I shouldn't have really seen it that way I should have said actually my day job should have been my hobby and or not hobby but <laughs> in some way and my my the thing that i'm actually passionate about should yeah. have been the thing that i focused on and made sure that i um i'm serious about all yeah. the the business side of that the the business
0: yeah and handling that properly and effectively and yeah not just knowing you've got something to say sort of knowing how to present that and package that and yeah, that to yeah. be yeah 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 no that's yeah
1: i mean i find um, it empowering
0: to hear you do that I mean I I wonder if I mean it's a big question I don't know if there is an answer mm-hmm. but like I wonder if because you became a parent young you feel there was something quite unique to you sort of pushing forward with that like maybe I don't know or do you feel like actually you would have pushed forward regardless of like whether you'd you know not had a kid young and maybe had your kid later or, or do you think actually a unique position of being a young parent meant you wanted to just get all well, the stuff I,
1: I i can only take i can only compare myself when i was just a single young person mm. and then there was nothing that i was passionate about you know kudos mm. to all the young people i see nowadays you know mm. you know petitioning and doing this and doing that but i yeah. wasn't that young person i was yeah, just yeah. a normal young person the most important thing to me was like maybe doing my hair or going out yeah, and eating enough yeah it, that was about it and i think parenthood for me really ignited something really different yeah. to me and ignited some real uh interest in uh in I guess politics you don't want to say that yeah. you know, you know you don't want to call it that because it sounds very big yeah but actually <laughs> politics is just generally having a a, 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 a uh. it's a particular interest about specific something very yeah. specific in in society um and, and I think for once I had that while when I was a a, just a young person, if there was something happening on the street, I I might have gone along to it because everyone else was doing it. But it wasn't wasn't of interest to me. It wasn't like a
0: dying fire in my heart or anything like that. Whereas like motherhood and everything that's come along with how you've like negotiated around all of that has kind of ignited something. I mean, I think that's amazing, and I think I'm a bit like you on the politics side. You know, I didn't know how to like take ownership of that or if i wanted to but then the more i've like learned and listened through doing the podcast and i think it's i think it was mandu reed who actually said it about mm. lived ex- lived experiences being politics like you mm. know d- mm. you know this is all like you know something that you can bring and you should be allowed to bring to the table about yeah. what's happening in your life and other people's lives and yeah. then the country and that should all be listened to and valued mm-hmm. and um
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and um, when I came to notice you, um, it was when you were on the panel of that women's equality party event, and you were like in a, you know, a stellar lineup, you know, with Mandy Reed, as <laughs> I the know, leader. amazing, I know, amazing speakers. and like, like Jolie Brealey from Pregnant yeah. and Screwed, and like, you know, you, like you, but you were so like calm and considered uh, and so. like, yeah like i mean it was, it was very impressive and thank you i was stressing
1: a few days before well to be honest. I was like oh my things. gosh because i've when i've seen especially mandy reed i was like wow she's so amazing you mm. imagine like being speaking with her one day and stuff like that and that works and then for them to contact me i was like huh and then like, yeah. i i think i even kind of had to ask them like oh do you are you sure this are you you sure you know who you've emailed type of email without (laughs) being too um without like kicking myself and like yeah yeah, making a mistake about it but um yeah it was nice it was nice and actually it was it was really like a i felt really really comfortable yeah Mm. i it was a really chilled Mm. event and that was Mm. it was nice being a part of that
0: Mm. and i think yeah, like, some of the stuff they talked around in that vent was around, like, childcare, wasn't it? And yeah. we've touched a, le- a weeny bit on that with you. So, like, your daughter was doing after-school clubs and different things, and, like, have you used different types of childcare then alongside your work and whether it's, yeah. like, full-time, part-time? Do you want to say a little bit more about your so experiences she, of childcare as well?
1: She spent maybe about, uh, about two and a half years in a, with a babysitter. Okay. She was there from... Because they, could, they couldn't take her when she was newborn, of course. So
0: yeah, it's like six months is normally the earliest, yeah, isn't so it? Yeah, so yeah. she
1: was with my parents the first uh, few months. Mm. So I could go to uni. And then she was with a babysitter from eight months to about two and a half years. Okay. Um, And then when she'd finished that, she was doing part-time nursery, 15 hours
0: mm.
1: for a few, I think it was about eight months or so. Mm and then she finally went to school and Mm. was in after-school club
0: yeah yeah no it's it's interesting because I think it it leads into some of the questions I've got for you now and I'm sorry they're not like fully formed but I hope (laughs) you can like go with it like the idea of like well a few things I suppose um one is around like what support you're giving young parents now or what kind of way you're working with them so it'd be nice to hear a bit more about that but also what you think organizations and government and other people should be doing to help support young parents or oh, more like how you feel like young people young parents specifically are being supported around like kind of education and jobs and careers like you know is there anything that you specifically try to say or empower people to do. um i guess in some way the
1: working working for the amount that i did the amount of time that i did was quite useful in the sense that initially the way the business was working was i would do i would do, i would be a speaker in events so i would actually speak to young people or okay. they would be part of the audience etc um and it was more community focused etc um but now that i am fully self-employed the way the business model works and actually the the best way I felt was was to actually get the message across was to actually speak to the people that make the policies and the people yeah, that yeah. work with those young parents and the people yeah. that are you know employing them etc. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: So. Um. So in some way the the young people or the young per the young mum and dad are the end user in the work mm-hmm. that I do now. Unfortunately, I don't actually see any young moms and yeah. dads, which is quite yeah. sad. Um, because initially, when I started off, it was actually seeing them and talking to them, and you know, yeah. pushing them to do what they need to do. Although I still have a media presence, so that's where I do that kind of. Yeah,
0: and people, and at the minute, that's how people are connecting. Anyhow, yeah, that's, right? yeah, yeah, that's how
1: I connect with them. But now I talk. I guess I talk on their behalf in organisations. So I talk yeah. about them or talk about on the ground what i'm hearing from them and be that kind of a a gate i don't know if you want to call it a gatekeeper but the conduit Uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, between between them um and um some of the things that i talk to organizations around is maternity um maternity or antenatal support i guess okay um some of the issues that some young parents faced and one issue that i faced was for example being discriminated in Mm. during my antenatal appointments um you know midwife speaking to you in a demeaning way or Mm. um, undermining you or speaking to the adult in the room for example Mm. my mum um as if my mum's the one being like having the baby baby. yeah 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 (laughs) um and also from the young dad's perspective feeling like they're not part of the the um, the, ho- the whole process, mm. um, for example, health professionals yeah. speaking to mum but not speaking to dad in the room, and just yeah. having all the questions about mum. And um, unfortunately, statistics does show you know it can sometimes does take a little bit longer for young dads to, yeah, you know, kind of get involved. I guess, yeah, um, and there are quite a few um, young uh, mums who parent alone because mm. of that. um but i i don't want to say that's the reason because you never spoke to no but it
0: it kind of could maybe exacerbate some kind of confusion or nerves around it yeah
1: Yeah. yeah, anxiety feeling like you're not supposed Mm. to be there because they haven't included you from the beginning yeah
2: um
1: and then i also talk about i've talked to some organizations around how they can better support uh young people in the uh, in the workplace Mm. uh for example yeah. flexible working of course mm. these are things that every parent talks around uh, talks about
0: our um, podcast is full of it yeah yeah uh
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah flexible working and also um put uh, better 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 quality jobs um mm. not not putting young parents into zero hour contracts or very oh my goodness uh yeah. difficult contracts because unfortunately sometimes uh the case is that younger parents may not finish their sometimes not even finish their GCSEs, dependent on the age they get pregnant yeah, uh, or yeah. or become a dad and sometimes not finish any other education but it I, how does that um support them how does that support society to keep them in these really low quality jobs mm. um as opposed to if they're work if they're working those jobs they're doing quite well why not start helping them progress to the next yes. level training progression mentoring whatever it is within that yeah Um, it's good that you're fighting for that so i but a lot of young parents find that and also young dads find that they're in Mm. very uh difficult uh uh, employment positions that then mean that they are pushed to one a lot of the time leave those jobs because yeah the, the employers are not listening or understanding the difficulties that they may be facing yeah and yeah. uh you know sometimes in these positions i think it's just connecting the jigsaw because some people don't realize although it's nice that i had my parents mm. sometimes that's not the case for some young parents unfortunately oh, God, no. yeah. although they they want to work or they are working mm. or they are educating they have no other support so yeah. this kind of fairy tale feeling for some people yeah. oh why can't your mum pick up Sally from school that
0: what there's no you know some for some parents they have no mum involved anymore yeah or like the mum if it's a young parent the mum might also still be quite young and working full-time and you know like you you know it's not like retired age necessarily of just yeah yeah exactly because my mum was far from retired yeah I I mean there's loads going on and yeah Um, and that's really interesting like I love all the stuff you're trying to highlight and just get people to think about because it's not people like a cruel, not thinking about it they've just exactly. not really necessarily had yeah. it sort of put, put to them I mean even yeah. I know like like with my partner like I he completed our two-year our son who's two's like developmental check like he did the survey of the stuff he could do mm. but then the health visitor was you know I even said at the beginning oh my partner completed the survey she still talked more to me than to him yeah
1: exactly and it yeah. doesn't
0: always help with those equality points and um, yeah, not points. Points is the wrong phrase. Like that kind of progression of like involving both, both parents. Yeah, of course. And you know, there's... especially
1: maybe if and let's be real. When you're a young person, you're young as well. So you're yeah. not. You may not see. You know, some of the things I see now, I may not take offence to it. But as a young person you're you know you're kind of go you haven't had a lot of life experience to manage yeah. those circum those situations,
0: yeah, yeah, completely. There's a really lovely publication, and I haven't seen it for a long time because mm. it's called baby fathers i don't know if you've ever seen it i don't know which charity commissioned it, but it was a long time ago like 2004 okay. or something and i came mm-hmm. across it because it was a graphic designer showed it to me because of the graphic design the layout and the photos are by a photographer edmund clark who's like a really mm. like you know well known photographer so in terms of like look and style it is a lovely thing but it also has these really positive images of like young dads and mm. you know like just i remember i can't remember the detail of it cuz it was a long time ago when i saw it but you know like the dad playing with the child, you know, like the kind of like reinforcing the positives about that parenting that, you know, was just like, we don't see enough. Yeah. yeah, We don't see enough. Like if, if you can get hold of it, I'll, I can't remember who published it, but Yeah, it's called, I'll
1: have a Google.
0: Yeah, Baby Fathers, it's called, but as I say, it was a long time ago, so it's probably in some library archive by <laughs> <right now. laughs> where I should be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, moving on from me. Um, so, yeah, all that stuff you've said around supporting young parents to, like, finish education, work, etc. So I talked to my cousin a little bit about it, and mm-hmm. she's got two kids, as I say, and she had both her kids young. Um, and... I'd never really found out what she thought she might do in a job. And she told me actually her ideal job or her dream job, however you want to phrase it was to be a nurse, which she, she hasn't gone on to do. Um, and she's done different things along the way. She has always like worked and, you know, she's always been busy. She's definitely not, not been busy around work and being a mum, Um, but it's obviously not gone on the path that of being a nurse or Mm -hmm. progressing and following that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I talked to her a little bit about, about that and she did bring up the cost of childcare and she was saying like she knows a lot of like young parents I mean just trying to like break down those barriers of having time to either finish studies or progress to the next job or train with childcare being expensive it's not always easy and you know even if you can get the 15 hours 15 hours isn't very much really is it Mm -hmm. by the time you like get home from wherever you've dropped the kid focused on something got set up got started got back to pick up you know it's it's not always a huge amount of time and if you are looking to help young parents progress I wonder if there is much more around childcare. and obviously it's a massive topic and it was what you were talking about within the women's equality party event yeah. as well like whether you feel that's come up a lot through either your experience or through what you've heard through young people on connecting to you yeah I think <laughs> Childcare, I don't. Yeah, I think it's always going to be
1: a narrative until we mm. bring, we we stop penalizing motherhood, basically, mm. cause, and yeah. uh, and penalizing fathers in the household. That's mm. all. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen mm. because the conversation looks like it's never going to happen. Yeah, and
0: it's looking bleaker at the minute because of the pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um but yeah sorry what was the question about childcare? Child no crime?
0: no no i was just wondering like because obviously <laughs> so that I, was so negative <laughs> no it wasn't negative we've been talking a while um, no, i mean i think it was like the idea of you know like you know in my head in my like oh what what could i do if say it was like if say someone said to to me what would you think to do to support a young parent right Parents, say someone yeah. said that to me i might be like oh i could help them write a cv or i could exactly <laughs> help yeah. them like you know think about getting good work experience or
1: it's it's actually interesting it's like... you said that because i i i, I wrote a tweet today mm. which um i basically said as a young mum money was an issue and as an adult living in london i don't think i think it always might be yeah. but the the endless or the yeah the endless food hampers clothes donations and mm. vouchers um wasn't anything i ever needed but it was always yeah, yeah. it was always things that i was offered because it was an easy offer almost Yeah, or, and yeah. you know it's a quick fix yeah but what might be long term is paying for or supporting a young person with their personal development with their business yeah. development with their career development yeah, and unfortunately yeah when people and I think it's just the fact that we don't I, I don't think it's like you said previously I don't think it's a kind of like people do it purposely they actually mm. think they're helping like oh yeah you know a young mom she probably needs a cot well yeah. I, I don't know if she needs one but she's gonna she'll probably accept it but actually what she might need is something for her future because she's a young mum, and there's things yeah. she's going to need to have to do. There's things yeah, that yeah. are unfortunately a little bit more difficult because of the way the, the way the laws set up the mm. way the legislations are set up, the way policies are set up. Mm. And actually maybe if you try and support or finance or encourage those elements, mm. it might uh, provide a, an easier route for where she needs to go. So for yeah, example, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, you know, for for example, yeah. like you said with your cousin, Maybe one, yeah. if someone support said, actually, I don't mind paying every month for your half of your childcare. Would that make it easier for you to go into the career you want to go down? Yeah, one yeah. or two. Um, I don't mind. Um, I I have a nurse that can mentor you. Do you want to yeah. be ment? You know, something like that, as opposed to I'll just give you a food hamper because you're pro- you're re- you know you're living in poverty. You need more food. Yeah. Well, and and I don't want to like you know demean those kind of incentives, but I think mm. it's just a disconnect with people see and again it goes back to these negative um connotations of young motherhood you know mm. what's it benefit street and you know those sort mm. of just really negative images mm. whenever you do see them job center mm. stories and everything about them taken from
0: society and never giving back yeah 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 no it's so true like i'm gonna like go away and think about it because i think it's like a lot of these things you need like if you've not been like living it or giving much thought to it you need to actually stop and do that right and mm. um which is why I think the fact that you're there in this consultancy role um being the conduit between that kind of policy level and that under deeper understanding and then the lived experience of people in that situation is really valid and like really important so like keep up what you're doing I think Thank and, you. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on that note we're not going to talk about it for very long but yeah. um lockdown yeah obviously um and some some of the things like has it hindered your progression or have you managed to do a lot of stuff virtually and kind of keep the kind of campaign and the work going or have you had to take a bit of a pause anyhow because of homeschooling or how how's it been harry
1: how's it been um i think the first few weeks i was kind of excited because i was like oh this is good i'm not gonna lie i never really liked the kind of um, school run thing it was never mm-hmm. i don't know any parent that enjoys it but there are there are probably some parents out there that love that kind of thing <laughs> but it was never something i enjoyed doing so i was like oh this is good i can just mm-hmm. be at home and start at home and yeah. actually it will just help me juggle what i need to do online uh, on my online stuff and stuff like that um in some way the way the business is set up it's kind of helpful because, for example, I uh, well, I am a public speaker, I'm a researcher, mm. and a content writer. Public speaking, of, of course, majority of the time, you actually need to be somewhere. Although be it's been gra- great, yeah, it's been great because a lot of organisations mm. have were quick to take things online. Mm. Um, but again, I don't. It's it's kind of a difficult. It's not exactly what the, the way people want things. So that kind of that 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 took a hit. Mm. but with the research and content writing side um yeah. that was quite good in the sense that i've had some mm. i've had some work around people still wanting research but mm. yeah so with covid uh in some way it has kind of helped with work because the, mm. there's there have been organizations that want specific information around okay. how covid has been affecting maternity care for example yeah. Um, you may have seen some information around black motherhood in particular as well yeah, and yeah. black women being five times more likely to die in childbirth it's really high
0: stat. yeah yeah
1: um than white women and mm. um in some way that has still created some people wanting some information around that so i've yeah. done some re i've done a few research roles oh, cool on that subject. And again the content writing is it literally just means what it means in the sense I can write articles for you, I can do Mm -hmm. online stuff, um social media and anything that is online. Yeah. Um however I am obviously with a child every single Mm -hmm. day. (laughs) Yeah. Um so I think initially I thought, Oh, this is going quite well, just, you know, she'll do her thing. She is independent of course, she's gonna be nine. So I don't need to do much with her to do She's year on four. With it.
0: What year is, yeah, is she? Yeah, she's year four. four. Mm, so she, mm.
1: you know, she can more or less get on with it unless she needs some mm. help. But um it, it's been exhausting. Yeah. It's been exhausting. Like <sighs> I bet, um, yeah. So even thinking mm. about taking on work or having doing talks or someone's you know I ha- i've i had to think about whether i have the energy to do that yeah yeah because and, i'm i'm more like you know homeschooling somehow feels like it goes on on the weekend now because
0: especially during the lockdown period where you couldn't yeah. go anywhere as well so yeah <laughs> yeah and like and then uh, you've spoken before about like how you re- actually really like all that kind of home education it's not that you don't like it and I think that's the thing that's really like hard isn't it because it's just exhausting trying to do everything so yeah, you know it's... it's like like you value it and you value what she's learning and how you're supporting that and like almost like learning with it I know I've heard you speak about yeah, that I do, but yeah. it's just like hard yeah, it's hard <laughs> uh, and I think it has
1: you know it's not to say I thought I was a teacher but I'm definitely not a teacher I think I've concluded that (laughs) it's not a career I'm gonna go down I'm not gonna become a teacher anytime soon Mm. it's also I already knew my like some of this like some of my my strongest areas were never was Mm. never maths and I think I've realized you know I've had to say it to
0: myself primary school maths is not something I can do and so you know like (laughs) even if she has like missed out this chunk she'll catch up you know if she's like you know it's not i'm sure she will i mean obviously it's not ideal and we'll not dwell on it for too yeah. long cause otherwise we'll be here for another hour and then <laughs> yeah so that <laughs> was it it's...
1: and i and i also i i my heart goes out to other mm. parents like me who parent alone so yeah. actually yeah especially during the full lockdown period the march april mm. times when you're just at home by yeah. yourself with a child yeah and you could only um, go out once for like yeah, once. a token bit of fresh air yeah, and exactly. essential shop yeah,
0: yeah. um
1: it's it, i think um it's been really tough tough for those Mm, type of households
0: like mine and like and for young parents I mean I know obviously now your daughter's older like it's a different scenario but for like fresh young parents like I mean being a young parent has its dimensions right as you've touched upon and then young people being in more vulnerable jobs and Mm, during COVID mm -hmm. and then like mental health you know there'll be a lot of
1: yeah a lot a lot a lot lot, you know i've spoken to yeah a lot of parents because i was on the bbc talking about covid when the school's going back um so i I spoke to them last month i believe when they were about to open Mm. schools and i just gave my perspective because there was a lot of young parents and parents in general that Mm. were apprehensive to take their children back but of course if you don't take your Mm. children back it has an effect on your work has effect on
0: (laughs) other areas so
1: it sort of feels like you you it's kind of difficult because it 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 kind of Mm. took away that choice in some way although the government had also Mm. somehow opened it up and said oh it's your choice if you want to take them to school you can but then at the same time is it your choice because actually your employer won't pay you yeah. So you have to force yourself to do something you may not really feel comfortable, feel comfortable doing. With, yeah. And then you know, for some parents, they started the whole going back to work thing and realize they don't feel comfortable doing it. They don't want to do it. They don't want their child back at school, and they've yeah. had to leave. They've had to leave jobs and works yeah. and careers oh yeah. because of it. Yeah. And I mean, again, the woman majority of the time is the one that's going to be hit the, the hardest. Hardest. No, true.
0: Yeah. I. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know. And. I mean, I think, as you say, this COVID situation for you, like there's been work for you to still kind of like analyze, write content, speak about, but it's from a negative place, which, you know, you want it to move now from that to that sort of rebuilding. And Mm. like, I I don't know if it was another, where was it? It was Women of the World Festival. They were talking about, obviously, there's the build back better Mm. slogan that like we've all heard, but, you know, they were talking about build back differently yeah, and I really like that. I was like, actually, yeah, we're not just sort of trying to make where we we're at like a little bit better. Like we've actually got to like rethink and recharge and actually do different. And yeah. I think hopefully, like with people like you being able to sort of speak up and write and share and deliver content around that, I think that's really going to be so helpful as we yeah hopefully. Yeah. Like, swim over we'll yeah. See. Yeah, <laughs> we'll plug back next year and see how it goes <laughs> yeah that'll no, be great okay harry i like i'd love to speak to you for longer and i'm sure we will well i hope we will speak yeah again definitely. Another time. but let's let's think about wrapping up this this chat um so i want to know if you've got any role models or people that you've really looked up to to help you in your your career um i would say
1: my i look up to my family they're all yeah. really really uh movers and shakers good um, yeah and had have always encouraged me and supported me from the beginning even when i um to be honest had a moment of actually maybe i shouldn't continue this uni thing it's too difficult i'm tired mm. i can't do it i'm not that smart etc and every mm. single thing i do and every single thing that i say i want to do they will encourage me and support me to do it um mm. so I've, yeah i'm really thankful for my family um for always being there for me,
2: yeah. Um,
1: and then I'm also thankful for those one or two um, pe- uh, professionals that that saw me, didn't just see me as another young mum and another mm. statistic and another hindrance on society, and actually advocated for me when I needed them the most. And again, mm. they will be professionals that you know maybe yeah, they've seen yeah. me on the news or something, but they yeah, they yeah i would never i may not ever meet them again and Mm. i don't think how much they have realized um how they've impacted my life
2: yeah um
1: particularly during the time when social services were trying to just making it really really difficult for me uh, at 17 and if it wasn't for those organizations that well there's one two professionals in particular that believed in me and yeah. spoke for me I wrote something on my behalf and made sure that it didn't go down a negative route or mm. a more challenging route I don't think I would be where I am today
2: yeah
1: and I also and it and it also was the re one of the reasons actually why I wanted to do a, go into a role where I'm speaking on behalf of people because yeah, I, yeah. I saw how impactful that is just sometimes saying a few words yeah. for that young person or that mother or that father yeah. or whoever, how Having much their back, that, mm, how much mm. that can really change the whole mm. outlook and perspective or uh where their their life may have mm. gone down. And you may not feel it because you're so used to doing it every day and the yeah. role you do. But actually that young person will. Um yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's powerful and yeah I'm thankful for those those two professionals that I met. During mm. that period of my life when I was a bit
0: younger, do you think if they did listen to this, they'd know who they were? I'm not asking you to say their names <laughs> I just wonder if they like remember that because it's interesting. You saying, oh, you might not always realize what you're doing by saying something nice or supportive or even going further. I, if I don't know.
1: I don't know. Um, I don't know if they'll know who they are because I, I, I did go out of my way to say thank you, but yeah. then at the same time they're so amazing where I'm like. I wonder if most. Wh- I don't know how you could walk away from such such people and not say thank yeah. you. But yeah. some people may not have said thank you, of course. <laughs> some people have bad manners. Yeah, though, right. I mean, some people may like... not have said thank you, and some people maybe it wasn't. For me, it was such a it was such a big moment in my life. So mm. I said thank you, and I you know I wrote a big like a, a message to their manager to say how much they've helped me and stuff good, like that. Good.
0: Yeah. Um, so. Hopefully, they know that that's who, that 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 they are who they are. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. And then something again we always ask on the podcast is a, like a rating about work-life balance. Um, but something I've been reflecting on because like I've mm-hmm. heard this like talk about like work-life balance is maybe a bit of like a outdated sort of way of describing like the sort of the motherhood work, parenting conundrum. Yeah. And so something I've been thinking about is, and it's maybe not the ideal time because we've been during a pandemic but think about it as like a blend like the idea of work-life blend you know like mm-hmm. how do you create something that allows you to be both um yeah and sort of almost that it is comfortable enough that it feels more seamless rather than a very rigid strict structure because that isn't how as as has been highlighted during the pandemic how things work things need some flex and some um leeway to to like bounce back yeah. so i wondered enough of my waffle harry (laughs) Um, (laughs) could you give a rating for your work-life blend bear with me um on a scale of one to five so one being like not very successful and five Hmm. being very successful
1: oh that's interesting i'm glad you thought it was interesting (laughs) so one's not not very successful
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah i would say at this point i feel like i've got an okay kind of blend going on yeah i would say we're in the
0: seven region oh only up to five. Oh, five. so, so four. i would say we're in the <laughs> three or four <laughs> yeah like three and a half region no that sounds good and yeah maybe after the summer if things are how about repeat. you how about me oh oh I <laughs> when it's turned on me oh probably about a three i yeah. think i've been i've been higher before I think i'm exhausted like you've said so that doesn't help um and i also like i used to be in a job share and i loved working in a job share and now Mm. that's gone and so i'm now just working part-time and it doesn't feel the same Mm. so there's a few things there that like haven't helped my feeling of a good blend of work and life coming together nicely um so yeah i'm I'm gonna go three two and a half three yeah well that sounds quite low doesn't it I, i think i do like the 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 fact that you said work
1: blend as opposed to work-life balance because actually i think the work-life balance and it's like automatically makes people think of very like uh straightforward job situations exactly yeah, yeah. okay um, and also working like you have yeah. to work you're not self-employed you don't have any you may not do yeah, other things yeah. out of the norm yeah of that and actually, yeah, that's quite an interesting way
0: to put it. Well, you, you've you been my test bed for that, Harry. So, uh... <laughs> cool. Harry, I've loved speaking with you. I've loved you emailing do. you, actually, the past couple of weeks. You know, yes, like, all these right. all these little connections over this sort of funny old phase have actually, you know, been, like, really, really valuable for me. And I, I hope once we get this out to listeners, you'll get a bit more kind of either, you know, presence or understanding from people like me who maybe had kind of like thought about it a little bit but hadn't really thought about more about the specifics of you know supporting young people and young parents in particular around work Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's fantastic yeah perfect thanks for having me no it's been great (laughs) so you've been listening to the mother of all solutions with me laura broderick and my guest harriet williams thank you for listening You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions. The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Wainhouse. Music for this episode is Night and Day by D. Yan Key, licensed under Creative Commons by the Free Music Archive.